everyone. Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of the BizCast of 2021. I'm Shannon King and I hope everyone had a relaxing holiday, was able to get the rest that they needed and Even if you weren't able to spend time with family, I hope you made the most of it. I certainly did. I took a good amount of time off after a really long, unprecedented year, uh, but I'm really looking forward to this year. To be honest, I don't have any real goals or resolutions for the BizCast this year. I hope to continue to build our collection of stories of business leaders from across Connecticut and bring our listeners timely information from business advice and public policy news to what great things companies are doing around our state. I want this podcast to be the place where you can sit back and listen to honest, authentic, and informative conversations with the greatest business and political minds in the nutmeg state. And our episode today is a perfect reflection of that goal. I caught up with Mark Namath, president of Jonell Laboratories in Meriden. Jonell Labs specializes in complex aerospace seal solutions. I asked him how his business weathered through 2020 what new opportunities he's exploring for 2021. And despite the uncertainty that still plagues us as we move towards the light at the end of the tunnel with this pandemic, why Mark says it's imperative for businesses to stay bold in their long-term business strategy. As always, be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And here is my conversation with Mark. So I'm actually really surprised at myself that I haven't reached out to you until now because I've been talking, I talked to, God, almost 50 business owners last year um, because we just, we came home and I took my podcast equipment with me and I just started calling people and talking to people. And I'm very surprised that I didn't call you of all people. You and I talk, you know, whenever we see each other, we, we catch up and um, I always love to know what's going on the with you. Problem is, um, is you know, I have this, uh, I have this strange uh, phenomenon my whole life that I'll be with groups. They, uh, they wanted, they'll end up taking a picture. For some reason, I'm out of the picture. Whether they forgot that I was anywhere and they didn't call me, or I went <laughs> out for a beer or something. And um, I, I don't know if I fly below the radar, but I, I'm probably not. I don't meet the narrative. The, the common narrative that uh, sometimes they want to uh, portray. Um, you know, I had a, I had a call from a, a business person, a, an associate. I'm not close to him at all, I'm going to say. And um, he, uh, he owns a company, a number of companies. And he said, well, I, I just want to see how you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And I found it strange. But uh, we go through the conversation. He said, you know, I'm really glad I talked to you. You are the only one who is positive and taking advantage of the, uh, a, the, the situation with COVID and, and the, the ramifications. And I said, you know, we, um, we had, I had these Markisms and I, I'm up to like something over 110. And these are my little quips of how to run a business in my, and I'm going to, it's going to be a book someday. And one of them is you build a business when times are tough. We are not like a turtle who, when times are tough and you see some, um, some you know dark clouds sticks its head under the shelf and, and uh, looks to uh, hunker down. Uh, we're continuing to build a business. We are working on some very very interesting projects, and and I've got to say this ahead of time: uh, uh, the PPP has been very very helpful for us. Um, and I'm looking at the next one, uh, you know, actually. But uh, without that, um, it would be very difficult to do what I 
allege that we we try to do. But uh, building a business when times are good is not is not the best thing to do. Building it when times are bad, you really differentiate yourself, and uh, you really take advantage of opportunities. Yeah, so I think that's a perfect uh, segue to start. So, how was your 2020? I read that. Um, your aviation orders dropped 70%, I believe, below what they were in 2019. So that's that's that, that's that a big number sure, to me. Uh, I'm not sure that's a uh, accurate, accurate number, number but it, it, when I say that, if I say they dropped uh, 50% or 55%, I, I don't measure that stuff. Um, our, uh, our shipments were certainly off uh, significantly. Um, so um, we... Uh, yeah, we lost uh, our shipments for uh, crazy off. Yeah, so, I mean, how did you adjust? What did you change about operations? I mean, I've had uh, many conversations with manufacturers in particular that had to pivot really quickly um, to different production or, you know, doing other things um, to stay steady. Um, so what did you guys do? Well... <laughs> It'd be nice to believe that we could have shifted so easily to uh, make, uh, uh, um, you know, gaskets for uh, the automobile industry. We can't do that. It, it's it's absurd. What we did is we looked at this as uh, we were uh, we've had a lot of growth over the last uh, four years uh, prior to uh, 2020, and 2020 was going to be a little down uh, from 2019, but you know, not crazy. Uh, the COVID uh, just knocked, it was like a, a punch to the stomach. When the COVID first started getting noticed, we were attending a, uh, the, a Singapore, Air, Singapore Air Show. And um, at that point, we were scheduled to go to uh, China. And uh, the State Department said, oh, that's not a good idea. And so uh, after the air show, we came home. Uh, I was not on the trip, by the way, but um, back in 2007, we, uh, we got a loan from the state of Connecticut. I think it was a, a, either with the DECD or the CDA or DED, whatever the state organization was at that time. And um, then 2008, uh, we had the recession of 2008. And uh, because I got the loan in 2007, I was able to, uh, to survive and uh, sleep well at night. Uh, when I saw what happened uh, with us attending the Singapore Air Show and the COVID, I said, this is, uh, this is similar. It's going to get real bad. So what I did is um, I tried to, uh, we expanded our line. Uh, we, we talked to all our banks and uh, all our banks. Well, we talked to a bank or so. And um, we, uh, we increased our line of credit. We uh, got a CapEx line. Um, we were, were looking at purchasing a building. Uh, we we, uh, we go through the process of uh, securing that. And then when the PPP came out, they talked initially, if you remember, first of all, about being alone and then potential forgiveness. Well, there were some guidelines initially given, and I said, let's be very aggressive. Let's be very expansive in our thinking. Let's see how much money we can get. Because even if it's a loan and it's not forgiven, uh, it's going to be put us in a position to survive this storm that's coming. So I guess I was fortunate and uh, I hounded our, uh, my finance person. And as it turned out, banks were not in any mood to lend. I, um, what, what should have been a very, very simple thing. Um, we had a bank that made a commitment back in April. And then when I wanted to close sometime in the fall, they said, Oh, no, 
going to do it. We got a new bank and that has been like pulling teeth, but um, that is stuff is, is smoothing out for us. Uh, but the uh, getting the money um, and access to uh, credit was uh, extremely important. And it gave you the confidence to, uh, to go forward. So what did we do? Um, we, um, because of the COVID and uh, no one knew what tomorrow brought, uh, and we were deemed an essential business, uh, not only by the state, but by the, some of the federal authorities, because we were supporting some, uh, uh, some programs with some major uh, companies that uh, sent us letters and say, oh, by the way, <coughs> you guys should be open, uh, or you, you, thou shalt be open. Uh, so we, uh, we knew we had to do it. We went to uh, <coughs> halftime in a sense. We, uh, we, we went into two groups. We have people, some people would work Monday, Wednesday, other people work Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday. And uh, we did all the, uh, uh, all the recommended uh, hygiene with the, the wipe downs and, uh, you know, everything that everyone else did. Um, and we still take temperature of people coming into the, uh, the building. And then um, because the business was slow, we said there's an opportunity here to uh, make things better. So we, we designated this the year of the process. When I mean the year of the process, running through uh, uh, middle of the year of 2020 through the end of 2021. And across our, uh, our company, our organization, we identified at least 120 uh, processes that we were going to work on and improve. So we did that. Uh, and we're on, it's an ongoing thing. What... Uh, what we also did is we continued to be expansive in uh, trying, well, we couldn't meet with customers, uh, but we could meet uh, uh, virtually. And we're, we've been working on some long-term projects that we continue to have worked on. So with the PPP able to support the employment, we didn't have layoffs. Now, obviously some people come and go all the time and we've hired some people and uh, some people have retired. So uh, we're, uh, we're a number of people down from uh, our, our height, but it's, um, I go through the, sh uh, the shop every so often and people still come up to me and thanking me for them having their jobs. Um, and we put a, a hiring, uh, not a hiring freeze, we put a, a one-year uh, uh, salary freeze uh, from the middle of the year uh, on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, did you have any COVID scares or cases if yes you know yeah, how, did, say, how did you uh, handle it we've had a number of people who've had uh covid uh most of them well not most of them a good number of them asymptomatic uh when they were yeah, obviously they uh, quarantined and we had one person that did uh, go into hospital for a short time um she's back at work um I um, and the vice president, we recently traveled overseas uh, pursuing some business adventure. And I don't know, I've had probably six or eight tests. And in fact, I'm getting another test today. Uh, this weekend, my wife and I went up to uh, the Cape because we have some work being done on our house. And I'm not quite sure I was 22 uh, and a half or 22 and three quarters or 21, uh, 23 and a one minute uh, out of the state. But I'm getting a, I'm, I'm meeting the spirit of the, uh, the regulations. Actually, from what I understand, I read the regulations and I'm not a lawyer, but if, if you travel on business or something, uh, I don't think the, uh, the government regulations apply to you. Um, but in the spirit of everything, when I came back from, uh, from overseas traveling, I think I had three tests in, uh, in six or seven days. So, uh, you know, I keep a watch on it, uh, but um, it's, you know, with the vaccine coming on, 
even though it's going to be months, uh, it is at least starting to bend the curve. You also recently expanded op- operations physically. As we, we have rented that space for close to nine years. The first five years, we had one piece of equipment in there that was non-operational. We had it there because we were pursuing business with the airframers. And this started about 15 years ago, plus or minus. And I'm sitting around contemplating the world and I'm saying, geez, we're in the aerospace business supporting the uh, primarily the engine manufacturers. And I said, the aerospace business is a lot bigger than just engine. Why aren't we in the airframe business? Well, a quick search uh, got me to two main things. There's a third thing that I figured out a lot later, but that didn't help. Uh, two main things was you need uh, CATIA, which is a CAD program, and then you needed bigger equipment. Well, we've been slowly buying a little bigger equipment. And um, so um, about 15 years ago, we got the CATIA, and then we, uh, we ended up uh, over a little time getting some uh, business from airframe people. Uh, the first business we got was to support uh, through a sub support uh, the Sikorsky CH-53K uh, Marine helicopter. And uh, so uh, we were in the airframe business and then we started pursuing the huge airframe people. We had an opportunity. Um, one of these big, all these companies have uh, multiple divisions. We had an opportunity uh, to uh, interact with one of these main companies through one of their divisions and they weren't very happy with what they were doing. And we eventually got the order and uh, it's the order where we're making O-rings for the International Space Station. So using that as a hook, we started uh, soliciting uh, further business from them. And it became very clear that um, there was a need for them to have, uh, be able to make uh, us support them making long seals. So what we had to do is we had to buy a long press and we had to have the press, we had to have the space. And even though we had 11,000 feet, we just had one piece of equipment without any supporting infrastructure around it. They would come and visit us and we would show them that, uh, that piece of equipment. And it was a funny little story. I, uh, there's a number of people coming from that company and uh, I opened the door and I said, hey, you gotta wait here, I gotta set the alarm. I set the alarm, my back's to them. And once the alarm was set, I turned around and talked to them and they were, they completely ignored me. They were like moss to a flame. They went walking to see that piece of equipment. And the story was, we're so very glad you have that piece of equipment so that, you know, we had the capability to uh, make the parts. So we're there renting the space, having the equipment there for five, approximately five years with no activity. So, we slowly started getting activity in that uh, in that space, and over time, over the last particularly two or three years, we have fully fitted out that space where it has um, over a dozen presses, um, two very long presses, one very big press, and all the supporting infrastructure you could think of. Uh, so it's almost like a, a secondary. It is an annex, manufacturing annex. It's just this industry is it takes forever to get new business of a substantial nature. Now we've been, um, we've been supporting uh, our marketing efforts in Europe with a a rep and we do a lot of traveling. And if I ever did ROI um, or if I worked for someone, I would have been fired a long time ago because the ROI isn't there at the moment. 
but um, we're going to be a player in Europe. We're going to be supporting the aer aerospace industry in Europe, and this is what it takes to get there. It's uh, it's not recent. It's uh, it's working now. We we're working obviously in Europe. We're working in Asia, and once again, if you did the ROI, it's not there yet, but. Um, we're there. We're working in uh, also securing business in a complementary field outside of aero, uh, aerospace, and we've been doing that for about seven, eight years. Spending, uh, you know, investing money and time and effort, and uh, building organization. So, uh, what you see is the tail end of all the hard work that's been done uh, and the vision that has has been there for a long time. Fair. So this is just a continuation. This is something that you've been working on for years, but just yeah. right now it's, it's fully outfitted. The facility is fully yeah. outfitted and, yeah. and functional. Okay. Good to know. Good to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's more the, uh, the theme is that uh, it, it takes forever. It, uh, you have, we have a long-term focus and um, you know, when I, uh, one of the, uh, the hooks I use when I'm soliciting new business from these major companies and I tell them, uh, you know, I can align my uh, business with your needs better than any of my competitors. And they have sort of give me that uh, that manure for brains look and says, tell me. And I say, well, we don't do quarterly results. And there is a smile. Typically, most of them, they get a smile understanding that quarterly results are the, the death of long term planning is, um, you know, you've got to forget about uh, short term uh, results and you have to have the. Uh, the means and the uh, temperament to uh, to lose money for a period of time. That's really interesting. Is that is that just a business strategy that not many different types of businesses like to take? It sounds a little sounds a little riskier to think well, that far out, right? I, I don't no, I, I don't think I don't think it's riskier at all. Quite frankly, the other way is more risky. See, if you own the market. And not, not currently, but let's use an example. Uh, GE under Jack Welsh and then early on under his successors is they fundamentally owned the market and they competed in. Uh, he worked with Peter Drucker. I believe it was Drucker. And Drucker convinced him that he should be one or two in every field that he was in. And um, what? Uh, so the, he was great in operations, but I don't think he was. Uh, I think he would even criticize himself. He passed away. So I'm speaking um you know, with just my ideas, that he didn't really invest uh, in uh, in new technologies, but they they run the, uh, the all the costs out of the existing technology. So if you own the market that you compete in, you can pretty much do what you want to do. Uh, it'll take a long time for you to lose it. You know, there's a bias against small companies. Um, if if I'm competing with someone that's much larger than me. Uh, there's just a feeling that there's much less risk dealing with a much larger company. So uh, we have to take a, um, a different approach and a long-term uh, vision. I think the only thing you really have to do well to be successful is to try to get as close to your customers as possible and make their problems yours and solve their problems. We're a supplier to Pratt & Whitney, along with almost every other company in, that, in Connecticut that's in this field is um, back in 2009, they said uh, because of all the business they were getting, they're going to double and triple the business over the next three years. And they said, uh, get ready. So we, being good, uh, good partners with them, uh, we invested in our, uh, in our business. So 2012 comes and we're, we're ready, willing, and able. And guess what? They were only three and a half years late. 
So from 2012, 2013, and 2014, we lost whatever, can, whatever equity we had at capital, and we borrowed an equal amount. So at the end of 2014, we had been pretty much exhausted where we were. Now, 2015 started to show a little uptick. So we weren't losing at that point, but the last three years we'd lost every year. So at the end of 2015, I go to my crew, my, uh, my staff, and I said, I finally figured out my job after all these years. And my job over the next five years is to go to 1x to 3x because I just saw what we've done. We laid the groundwork and we had our, uh, our organizational uh, structure, infrastructure across the, uh, all the aspects of business ready for the great increase in business. And 2016 through, 2000, through the end of 2019, those four years, we went uh, from 1x to 3x and uh, it played out. Now, I see that another opportunity coming. Um, prior to COVID, uh, Pratt being our biggest and best customer, um, in round numbers, they were uh, they're a twenty billion dollar company. They expected, as I said, prior to COVID, that by two thousand twenty five, with all the programs they were on and all the engines we were selling, they're going to be a thirty billion dollar company. So that's going to drag a lot of us along with them. And you better be prepared. If you're not prepared and you try to hire people, get equipment when you need it, not when you don't need it, um, you will not be able to uh, respond to their needs as well or as efficiently. So um, when we were, uh, we're, we were building our infrastructure um, through 2019 and even continue to build our infrastructure through 2020 to be 60% bigger than we were at our peak because we see that coming. Now, that requires a, a good relationship with your lending institutions and they do not like surprises. So uh, the more you can communicate with them, the better you can be. Um, and even with that, it's difficult. And um, you, um, we like to build out our, uh, from middle management up. Uh, and so we have uh, organizational charts that's, uh, um, you know, let's say 60% bigger, twice as big, three times as big, and we want to see where the, uh, the staff, you know, uh, the organization has to go. And also, that's, uh, that's also, we're transitioning to the third generation. My uh, youngest daughter is going to be kicking me down the stairs someday, and she's, uh, she's going to uh, uh, MBA, uh, get an MBA uh, starting um, this fall, I believe. And so, uh, you know, it's all a matter of transitioning and doing that and being prepared. You sort of alluded to um, the first round of PPP that you used and how um, just how important that was. So how significant will the second round be? Is it going to be a lifeline like the first round was, or is it just going to be um, just this extra amount that's just going to help get get you over this like next little spike, this next little hump of the uh, of the virus? Well, let me ask you, uh, can you tell me what our sales are going to be, what, how, the, how quickly the aerospace business is going to uh, respond? If, if it has an immediate turnaround, it will be nice to have the money. <clears throat> it will allow us to do a lot of uh, almost uh, luxury things. Most likely, uh, everybody's predicting that you're not going to get back to where you were in 2019 by at least 2024. If 2021 replicates 2020 and you know since i don't have a rich uncle 
I've got a plan on the worst possible case. And uh, I would say, and I'm, I'm looking at those numbers now, it will be another not a lifeline. And, you know, the whole intent of uh, PPP, from what I understand, is to keep people employed. You know, if you, if you keep people employed and, um, you know, they're going to spend whatever you give them on sustaining themselves and their families and whatever else they do, uh, that's what the, they don't want the economy to crash. And that's the best way to do it. So um, we, um, we supported our entire organization and uh, we continue to uh, plan not to have uh, layoffs unless absolutely essential. And this uh, new round of PPP, I fully don't understand it, but I believe uh, we are uh, eligible. We will be pursuing it. Uh, it will be another lifeline. But a lifeline in the context of how we operate our business, we're, we're continuing to grow. We're to continuing to pursue new opportunities uh, in complementary fields and uh, even in this field and getting new customers. Um, it's a long process. Last question I have. I mean, we're talking the first week of January. So what are your plans for 2021? Do you have any expectations? Are you going into this year like a lot of people with absolutely no expectations of what's going to happen? I guess three scenarios. One, what's the, uh, what's, the bottom, what's the lowest expected level of sales? What's the most likely level of sales? And what's the, uh, the greatest level of sales? Clearly, the lowest level of sales requires um, some very difficult uh, choices if it maintains that because we cannot afford to continue to do what we do without uh, additional help. Um, however, uh, what the level of the sales is, you know, the, the most likely level of sales is even though uh, COVID started last year, the first three months weren't bad for us. They weren't great, but they weren't bad. Uh, and if you take those first three months out, uh, the balance of the year, and you say, is those last nine months going to replicate themselves in these 12 months? That would be very, very challenging, very difficult. However, if there's a slight uptick and uh, we come up where, where we had uh, more sales in 2021 than 2020, um, that's treading water and um, that's okay. And then the idea is that maybe, uh, you know, our, our customers overseas, uh, uh, kick in and some of the uh, military work kicks in and we uh, and some of these long dead programs come back um, you know what are we going to do there well that's that's somewhat easier to do so um, and the word, first scenario you've got to make sure you have your financing in place and I think we put our financing in place and you need the mindset to be able to handle it uh, anything above that is um, allows us to aggressively continue to pursue uh, uh, growth for our, our business, which I we are still doing that. For the latest Connecticut business news, events, and resources, visit cbia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on LinkedIn and Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there. <laughs>